Hey folks, PC here from Wrestling With The Truth and Wrestling With The 80s. I'm glad you're enjoying another fantastic episode by Dwaylon and Steve. If you love the Armchair Booking Podcast, I think you'll enjoy my shows as well. Once you're done this episode, why don't you check out Wrestling With The Truth? It's a wrestling podcast that's a mixture of the modern product and old school memories from someone who's been a fan for 40 plus years. It's available on all your favorite podcasting apps and even on YouTube. Finally, if you're looking to relive the 80s, check out Wrestling With The 80s on YouTube as well, where I focus on old school matches, legendary territories, and crazy characters. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any great content. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber, and joining me, as always, is my awesome co-host, the intellectual rock star himself, Delicious Dwaylon Davis. Hey, everybody! And this is going to be the first time it's just me and him since yep. wow, before we had uh, the Living Legend on. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, because last week, I want to thank, of course, I want to thank Big Strong Matthew Mims for coming on to the show last Absolutely. Friday night. Um, I have no idea what happened on Saturday with the pay-per-view. I uh, have not had a chance to go back and review anything. I had neither. Um, but, I mean, I know he was looking forward to it, and um, I couldn't watch it. Well, because I've all, I was already kind of committed to going to watch the NWF show down in Covington. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was going to be kind of hard to do both. Uh, but here's the funny thing. There was somebody who was actually at the show in Cleveland in a dark match who managed to hop on a plane and fly down and made it to the NWS show in Covington. And that'd be our friend, big mama. Oh, cool. Uh, and she told me, she's like, she actually met Matt Mims while she was up there. So I'm like, all right, cool. Because he mentioned, you know, he wanted to talk to her and, uh, he had messaged her and not heard anything back, but now she's actually, they actually met. So I'm guessing that they talked. So hopefully big, strong Mims will actually be at an NWS show. Uh, That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Um, And also, last Tuesday, uh, and I felt really bad when I realized that on this past Friday, I did not give a shout-out to Justin from the TNC Sports Talk because Dwayne was unable to make the show Monday or Tuesday. Monday, it was, like, way way too late in the game to try to get anybody. But Tuesday, I was able to get Justin to come on last minute as a sub because he told me, he's like, hey, you know, if you ever need need me to, um, to tag in, you know, um, last minute he said, because I don't, he's, he even told me, he said, I don't want y'all's show to, um, mm-hmm. not be on because he wants us to see us grow. He, he's a good friend. He wants to help us grow. Right. You know, so, uh, so he offered and, uh, like that day or like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take him up on it. And so we're here to keep it going. So thank you, Justin, for standing yes, in. Thank and, you. Yep. So I appreciate it. Uh, and, and he did this and he's, um, got a newborn at home and he was, <laughs> he was able to, uh, kind of come in and kind of help us out. So, so thank you again, Justin. I apologize for not mentioning that on the show 
where we had uh, Matt Mims on. That's my bad. And I'll totally take the heat for that one. So, um, so if if you want to send me a, a nasty text, do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, Justin, he is a really nice guy. So, I mean. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah. So even hit like a nasty text from him, would probably still seem like, you know, pretty yeah. nice compared to like a yeah. nasty text. And I, I mean, because I can get kind of mean. <laughs> but <laughs> and Dwayne can come to y'all don't get it. We seem like nice guys, and we are for the most part. You don't want to see the other side of that. If no. The coin ever flips. No, yeah. that's not good. Yep. So, and that's not like bragging. You don't want to see. It. You know, no. I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, I I, yeah. I go for the throat. So, but no reason to go for the throat today because we actually do have a pretty good topic that we want to talk about, and it was actually something that, um, in fact, you know what. I will let you explain it, Waylon, because you actually saw the tweet and saw the text, and it was your idea, and I think it's an awesome idea, so I'll let you explain. Well, I was uh, Facebook friends with Brady Owens uh, of the uh, <clears throat> you know, the Wrestling Society, um, and he had posted where he was talking about how basically, to paraphrase, basically where how you have all these supposed wrestling fans that are just dying for AEW in particular to fail. Like they, they specifically pay their money to go to an AEW show to take pictures of the empty seats so that they can get on social media and try to make fun of the company for having supposedly low attendance. And I just, you know, I thought it was a good topic to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Brady, for posting that. Uh, I even commented on his post that, you know, these aren't professional wrestling fans. These are WWE fans because the, those are the fans that are doing all this. It's like, you know, you have these WWE fans that think WWE is the end all be all. Granted, they are the largest professional wrestling company in the world. I will give them that. But they're not the only professional wrestling company in the world. And there's a lot of I know we've said it time and time and time again on this show, there is so much fantastic wrestling outside of the WWE bubble. But people have been so people have one people have gotten so used to WWE because they've monopolized pro wrestling for so long that especially from 2001 even when tna was extremely good they were still at a very small scale they were still not a legitimate threat to wwe neither was ring of honor you were getting exception you were getting much better wrestling week in and week out from tna and ring of honor than you were getting in wwe at that time Because WWE, once they bought WCW, and to an extent ECW, because they bought, once they went out of business, WWE bought all the intellectual property of ECW. So once you own all of your competition, then you don't, you know, people are going to watch because you're the only game in town. It's like when Walmart comes in and runs out all the mom and pop places, they know people are going to shop there because where else are you going to go? So people just started, you know, everybody watched WWE 
if you were a pro wrestling fan, you, you didn't really have much option because most everybody you liked went to WWE anyway after ECW and WW, WCW closed down. And then the booking got just horrible. Like 2001 <laughs> to about 2004 was pretty good. Once, for me, once Chris Benoit lost the world heavyweight title to uh, Randy Orton, and then Randy Orton started feuding with Triple H, that's when the product just flatlined because it became the Triple H show on Raw. It was, you know, the, you know, the infamous reign of terror with Triple H. SmackDown got watered down because, you know, Eddie had passed. Eddie passed later, you know, the next year. A couple of years after that, Benoit passed. Plus, just Paul Heyman got moved, got removed as the head writer of SmackDown. And the product was just awful. And then you get to the late 2000s, like 2008, 2009. It was just awful. But people were so used to it that they're just like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is all there's ever going to be is WWE. And then AEW, you know, comes out and they're, for the most part, there's been some missteps, but they've consistently, in my opinion, put on no less than a good wrestling show every week. Most of the time, an excellent wrestling show each week where they focus on what's on the marquee and that's wrestling. They have their promos. They might have a skit here and there, but it all leads somewhere. And it all goes back to the wrestling, which is telling the story in the ring. But you have these WWE fans that are just, it's like, oh, well, here's this company. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, they may be a threat to WWE, so we need them to go out of business. Not thinking of the thousands of people that work for AEW that would be out of a job if AEW closed its doors. It's not going to, but these people that want them, to, that are just adamant about wanting them to fail, I don't understand. If you call yourself a pro wrestling fan, you would want all companies to thrive because that just makes the product that much better. Exactly, because if if AEW were to shut down, and that and AEW, of course, if they shut down, that also means uh, Ring of Honor falls with mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, in Impact, by the way, I guess apparently they're also but they're becoming TNA Impact again. Yeah, yeah, they're going they're going back to TNA wrestling instead of Impact wrestling. So, you know, there's some news right there. I don't know how much it's honestly going to affect me because the it may be kind of transparent. You know what? Uh, if anything, uh, I don't uh, know how much. Go ahead. A lot of that was done because their international television deals overseas. It's never referred to as Impact Wrestling anyway. They, it's for them. They never changed and started calling it Impact. Oh. They always called it TNA Wrestling. And so, just to keep, I think they did it just to keep the branding one specific thing instead of, you know, instead of 
on the, in the international market, it's TNA wrestling. And in the U.S. market in Canada, it's Impact Wrestling. It'll be TNA wrestling across the board. Plus, TNA wrestling has a rich history. I mean, even with the Bischoff-Hogan era when they were basically killing the company. <laughs> but, you know, everybody, even people that know it's been called Impact Wrestling for the last several years still refer to it as TNA because, yeah. you know, whether you like TNA or not, TNA has a very important place in pro wrestling history. A lot of the stars that you see on television week in and week out came through the doors of TNA. To me, TNA is, I wouldn't say at that same level of importance of Ring of Honor, but I'd say they are, they're knocking on the door because Mm -hmm. there's no AJ Styles walking through the doors of WWE in 2016 if we didn't get to see AJ Styles in Ring of Honor and TNA. There's no AJ Styles walking into New Japan Pro Wrestling and winning the IWGP heavyweight title twice if there's no AJ Styles in TNA. It's just, you know, TNA also gave Kurt Angle a new lease on life when he left WWE. TNA uh, provided a stage for Christian Cage to show what he was capable of and for me to show that he was honestly the better wrestler total package wise i've always felt christian was the better wrestler between him and edge edge may have had the better look as far as what wwe was looking for but christian had it all christian had that when he called himself captain charisma that was you know i love the name because he had it he had charisma. He carried himself like a pro. His mic skills were fantastic. His in-ring skills were fantastic. And TNA gave him the platform to show that. That's why he's a two-time world heavyweight champion in TNA. And without TNA, just like without Ring of Honor, the landscape of pro wrestling looks a lot different today if those two companies were not, hadn't come into the picture. Yeah, think about the Hardy Boys, and yes, I know what Jeff Hardy did at the um, the one pay per view where he showed up like after doing all the drugs. Victory Road, Victory yeah. Road. Yeah. Um, we know about that. However, he's cleaned up since. I mean, he's had some issues, mm-hmm. but don't get me wrong. But um, him and Matt Hardy, you know, his brother, they will always be synonymous mm-hmm. with each other. Oh yeah, but the broken Matt Hardy character. Yeah. Without TNA wrestling, there would be there would have been no broken universe. We have ne- we wouldn't have got the broken Hardys who were able to win tag team gold in one weekend. They were tag team cha- they were world tag team champions in three different companies. They were yep on a on a Friday. They lost the TNA World Tag Team titles on Saturday. They lost the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles to the Young Bucks in a ladder match, and then at WrestleMania, then they show up at WrestleMania unannounced and win the Raw Tag Team titles. How many teams get to say we were World Tag Team titles in three different companies across one weekend? 
And another one of uh, NWA TNA Impact's biggest stars, you know, speaking of tag teams, you know, seven-time tag team champion. Chris Harris. Chris Harris. And we'll say our friend. Yeah. Chris Harris Harris Harris. is a legend in this business. And, again, he's another one. TNA gave him and James Storm that platform to show how great of a tag team they were. And America's Most Wanted should be on people's list of one of the best tag teams ever. 2004 PWI Tag Team of the Year. Yep. Seven-time world tag team champion. They took a fledgling tag team division when TNA opened its doors, put that division on their back, and showed the world how good tag team wrestling could be if given the chance. And since we, you know, know him personally, I can tell you he's also just a stand-up guy. Oh yeah, absolutely, you know, yeah. super nice guy. I mean, always um, takes time out to talk to the fans. Um, and but I mean, he's very serious. But when he's focused, you know, in the mm-hmm. show, because right now he's basically the head trainer at the Northern Wrestling Federation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell he's focused, but he gets involved, but not overly involved. Yeah, you know, he um, he plays his role there in the NWF perfectly. And it gets involved when it makes sense. When it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And I can tell you this past weekend uh, at the NWF Spooktacular uh, Mm -hmm. down in Covington, I went, I went to watch it and he was, it's funny because a lot of everybody was dressed up in costumes. I mean, he, he was actually dressed like, you know, he did back in TNA. Okay. Okay. Back in the day. Uh, He got involved and he was throwing some punches there at the end to help break some people up. And, I pointed out to the guy next to him. I said, I said, he's almost 50 years old and he's still in there hanging, you know, mm-hmm. like he has not lost a step, you know? And plus I also noticed, um, I think he's left-handed. I never caught that before. <laughs> either, or I just mm. totally forgot, but he was throwing his lefts. And I was like, huh, how about that? Um, well, yeah, just a super cool dude, but he, we wouldn't have had that, you know, because yep. he, he made it big in TNA and people still, you know, yep. Oh man, you, you know, you know, Wildcat, you've had him on your show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we've had him on the show twice. Yeah. And yeah, he's, a, he's done a promo for the show. So, I mean, uh, all the respect in the world uh, for Wildcat and Chris Harris, you know, because he's done, I mean, he's, a, he's done a lot for us. Yeah, absolutely. He's done so much for us and we greatly appreciate it. Another thing that TNA gave us that no company has ever given us, TNA gave us the six sided cage match at Turning Point. When Elix Skipper walked the top of the cage and did the Hurricane Rana on Chris Harris off the top of the cage. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, and it's, it is still shown to this day as one of the highlight clips of what TNA is known for. Like you have that clip and you have uh, No Surrender 2005, uh, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, and AJ Styles. The triple threat, mm-hmm. the only TNA match that's ever gotten five stars. Well, look at the people in it. Exactly. Yeah. And again, <laughs> another one is Samoa Joe. Yes, he was, he's still the longest reigning Ring of Honor world champion ever. He was dominant in Ring of Honor, but he was also dominant in TNA. And without TNA Samoa Joe, we wouldn't have gotten Samoa Joe in WWE or now the Samoa Joe that we have in AEW. <coughs> and one of the things, you know, because now 
since Samoa Joe, you know, he is tearing it up in AEW, along with some of the other names we mentioned, Christian Cage, the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. And I know the Hardy Boys, they're kind of on the the tail end of their career. I mean, might as well just say, I mean, they're both in their uh, their mid to late 40s. Um, and they're doing more Rampage than Dynamite, but they're still there helping bring the younger wrestlers Yeah, they're, up. Helping, they're helping get other people over, and that's they're veterans in this business. I mean, Jeff Hardy's, you know, Jeff Hardy's been wrestling since he was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Matt's the older one. So he was probably 16 or 17. And, you know, they literally grew up in this business. They've traveled the world. They've been, you know, both of them have been world champions as well. Singles world champions as long as well as multiple time world tag team champions. And it's just, this is their job. This is what you do at the tail end of your career. You put you put the next crop of talent over on your way out the door. Yep. And when I went to the AEW show, I guess it's been about a month ago now, maybe a little over a month, but I'm, I'm wearing the shirt right now just to kind of <laughs> uh, show that. But yes, on the other side of the ring from where we were sitting, it was pretty much empty. Yes, mm-hmm. I took pictures. No, I did not post them on social media. Mm-hmm. But I did, you know, I sent them to Dwellin. Mm-hmm. And I said, dude, they got a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was not going to post it on social media right. just because why be, you know, that guy? Oh, look at me. Yeah. Oh, I posted the pictures too. Ooh, look, I paid yeah. all this money just to do that. I'm like, you're the same people that go to a Nickelback concert, pay money to go to a Nickelback concert just to boo them. That's dumb. That's dumb. Yeah. And I like just I like Nickelback. So. I, like, I like Nickelback. I'm not saying that, <laughs> you know, Chad Kroger, sometimes he needs to just kind of well, I mean, shut he up. To, <laughs> yeah, he needs, a lot of times he needs to quit talking a lot of times. Yeah, he, he just needs to shut stuff. up, stop talking, just, but, you know, but sing the, dude, the songs. But the dude's, dude's a great singer. Nickelback's a great band. I, I don't understand. I think people do it kind of like when they were where they would chance Cena can't wrestle just because it was the thing to do. Yeah. And it's like, just leave Nickelback alone. They got some oh, I don't know how long it, you know, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure it's been going on for a long time. We just not notice it because we're getting old and crotchety. But being negative, being a fad, booing people, looking for the negative just to jump on that, being a fad, it's annoying. You know, it's like, yeah. why are you going to, it's like, why do you hate them? I don't know. Yeah. Why do I hate them? Oh, well, <laughs> this bunch of people over here hate them. So they must have a good reason. It's like, you don't know the reason. Well, no, then you're dumb. That's yeah, just, exactly. that's, you're just dumb and you're just following a trend just to do it. And it's like, Steve and I are pro wrestling fans. Yes. Do we like WWE? Yes. Do we like AEW? Yes. Do we like the NWF? Yes. We like IWGP, TNA, you know, all kinds of wrestling. Um, Major League Wrestling. I've been watching some of it lately. Uh, By the way, Jacob Fatu is amazing. And why WWE has not signed him yet, I don't know. That he's um, Roman Reigns and the Usos cousin. And he is the size of Umaga doing moonsaults. 
And I'm talking not just climbing oh. to the top rope. I'm talking standing flat-footed, jumping the ropes, and then doing a Kurt Angle picture-perfect moonsault. So you're 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 saying he's breaking like eight laws of physics? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I need to, yeah. okay. Here's, send send me a link, please. <laughs> he did a, he did a moonsault, put a guy through a table, landed on his back, and then kipped up. I'm talking a guy Umaga's size doing the kip up like mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels used to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I said, somebody needs to explain like science. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, he's amazing. Um, Alex Hammerstone is amazing. Um, they've got a lot of good talent there. Um, speaking of guys who come through the doors of MLW, uh, Swerve Strickland. Matt Riddle. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, 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 no, I'm forget. MJF. MJF wrestled in Major League Wrestling. And that's what people don't get. It's like, yes, WWE is the big leagues. I get it. Largest company, biggest history, especially with, you know, WCW gone. I mean, you've got the NWA still has its history, but without. These company and right now NWA is a smaller company because you know Billy Corgan has kind of reshaped it and picked it up, but it's gaining. You know, it's gaining. Oh, a lot and Billy of Corgan is trying to. Yeah, grow and he's trying. He's trying to grow it and raise that profile and get more eyes on the product. And you know, NWA puts out a quality product, uh, but without these smaller companies, where's that talent in WWE coming from? Because you're not, because all of your homegrown talent is not who you're showing on television. The people that you're showing on TV have come from Ring of Honor and TNA and MLW and the NWA and things like that. Uh, LA Knight, former, uh, former Impact World Champion, wrestled in TNA, came to NXT uh, from the NWA. So it's like all of you who want these companies to fail, particularly AEW, I don't understand the hatred for AEW. Does Tony Khan need to stay off social media sometimes? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes, he does. (laughs) Absolutely. Sometimes he gets carried away on social media. In a way, I get it because WWE has taken shots at AEW since its inception. And after a while, and I can understand, as president and owner of the company, I can understand after a while, you get tired of this other company taking shots at your people. But the best way to shut them up is to keep doing what you're doing, and that's putting out a stellar product. I mean, you went... You went to Wembley Stadium and packed 80,000 people in there. It's like, that's what you do. I mean, in a span of a month and a half, you put on three top-rated pay-per-views. And, you know, each every pay-per-view is a sellout. That's what you do. That's how you shut the WWE, the, the, the tribalism from WWE, that's how you shut that up. 
you just put on consistent shows. Don't worry so much about the ratings. As long as time, as long as Warner Brothers Discovery likes the ratings of your te- your television programs, that's all you should concern yourself with. Because, like a few weeks ago, when NXT and AEW were head to head, because AEW got bumped to a Tuesday, because um, uh, baseball. Baseball, that's it. Uh, yeah, playoffs. Uh, so they got bumped to a Tuesday. So they put on a stacked show. They always put on a stacked show. It was nothing new for AEW to put on this type of show. But what does WWE do? Even though they constantly go on record and say they don't see AEW as competition, what they do? They bring John Cena, Paul Heyman, and The Undertaker. <laughs> you know, they pull The Undertaker out of mothballs. Yeah. And bring him to NXT and have, you know, all of these, you know, current Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers, you know, on NXT just to get a higher rating because they were afraid they wouldn't be able to beat AEW in the ratings, which they did end up beating AEW. And people are like, well, there's the proof right there. But then it's like, I've seen people also go, yeah, but how good would that rating be if John Cena, Paul Heyman, and The Undertaker had to have been on that show? And uh, they're like, exactly. well, it didn't matter because uh, they won. And it's like, in in this day and age, I mean, we're pushing 2024. A ratings war does not matter at all. Makes no difference. No, not is, not in the age of DVR. Not in the age of DVR and streaming and YouTube. Yes, exactly. Ratings aren't, ratings don't mean the same as they used to. Like I said, Warner Brother Discovery obviously is quite happy with the ratings that AEW TV is getting because they wouldn't have gave them a third show if they weren't happy with the ratings from the other shows. Exactly. There's also been a lot of talk, which I hope it happens because uh, I uh, personally like the Max now, former HBO Max platform. Um, there's been it's been heavily rumored that a deal is close to being made to where AEW TV will be on Max. I don't know Ooh. if that'll be like kind of like a WWE Network thing to where all the back catalog of pay per views and TV will be on max uh, i think some some stuff that they've rumored also is that because i know max is going to have an a sports tier to where you pay an extra five ten bucks a month and you get a you know you get a sports tier and get to watch some live you know live sports and things like that and rumor has it that a that warner discovery is going to take advantage of that and put AEW pay-per-views on the, the sports tier of max. Mm-hmm. So that'll be I interesting. Mean, I mean, that'll be, I mean, it's a smart move. I mean, you have this digital platform, you own the networks that, you know, that your program is on. Why would you not? <laughs> but that's why I don't understand. I never understood Besides just money, it made no sense 
for Vince McMahon to sell WWE Network in the United States to Peacock when the platform was fine on its own? Oh, I think they were. Well, I think they did that because they were losing. It was a great deal for fans. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I always said the WWE Network uh, was, if you're a wrestling fan, um, and honestly, I'll say a wrestling fan, not just a WWE fan, because if you like the mm-hmm. old school wrestling, because they own the the yeah, they, libraries for so they, many other yeah, old, they, old school they companies. They own the majority of the major companies' catalogs, the you old know, back catalogs. So it's like, I mean, it's just like a, if you're a wrestling fan, is a buffet of old school wrestling. Yeah, and it was $10 a month. Mm-hmm. And that I know they were saying they had um, 1.5 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. That's every month. That's $15 million a month that they're bringing in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I also get they were losing the pay-per-view revenue mm-hmm. because now you don't have to pay $49.99, $39.99 once a month to watch You've already paid ten dollars a month. You're watching it essentially for yeah. free. But the thing is, now they've moved the Peacock. They shut the network down in the U.S. They moved the Peacock, and now we're paying five bucks a month for for. Well, you paying five movie. bucks a month. Um, plus, you can pay like an extra five because I do that. I don't even remember why now. The all oh, <laughs> the pre- the the premium. I think so. Yeah, pre- premium um, plus or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I know though when we tried to do like a. Um, a watch along before we went to video um, mm-hmm. but we tried doing a watch along for something and as soon as I brought it up boom it blacked it out Yeah, and it would not do it and then yeah. we found out because I would have to pay another price but I'm like about, I'm already paying the premium it's like, I'm like whatever in fact it was Conrad Thompson who I I yeah. messaged and I told him what was going on and he said he pays whatever else and I was like whatever I'm not you know then it was um it was when we did the watch along with our friend Alan. Yes. For yeah, yeah Sur- Survivor Series '91 when um, yeah. the Undertaker beat Hogan for the title. That was such a great night. It really was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yep. Uh, but that was the last watch along we did because it was about a month and a half later when we started putting everything on, thing on video. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, the it's still a great deal for fans. And yeah. now WWE, they're not sucking up the cost for it. Now NBC, the company is true. That is true. And but now they got all this other stuff going on with Endeavor. Who knows what's going on? But they're they're also when is uh, Crown Jewel? Do you know the date off the top of your head? Uh, I think it's this come. Is it this coming Saturday? Uh, you know what? I'm going to look right now because because I can't remember. Um, I've had so much going on. Um, here recently, I've been. You know what what they're saying. I don't know whether to scratch my watch or wind my butt. <laughs> uh, yeah, November fourth. So yeah, um, and November fourth is that the Friday? No, it can't be. That's Saturday. Okay, Saturday. So it is going to be on Saturday, which means it'll be in the middle of the day because of the, the time difference. And mm-hmm. um, which but, I mean the the women's world actually the three. Right now, four world titles on the line. Rhea Ripley's, Eel Skies, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. Those four matches alone are worth watching the pay-per-view. 
potentially because you got Seth, you got, which I'm sure we'll probably do, you know, we'll probably discuss it later this week, Mm -hmm. but you've got Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for the world heavyweight title. You've got, uh, EO sky versus Bianca Belair for the women, WWE women's title. Rhea Ripley's defending hers in a fatal five way. That's too Um, many people. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, but you've got not you've got Nia Jax, uh, you know Rhea Ripley defending, of course. Uh, Shayna Baszler, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, and what's um, it? Zoe Stark. And you know this is saying something when Zoe Stark is like the smallest person in the ring. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I'm honestly I hope they do a lot with Zoe Stark. I. I've liked her since NXT, especially when she turned heel. I think she does an excellent job playing a heel. I think she's excellent in the ring. Um, she's just, she's got that, she's got that, that it factor mm-hmm. that, you know, I could see if they, if they book her right, I could see her being a future world champion. I'm just not big on a five way. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, normally it's too many people. But I do like the way I do like it this way because there's so many intersecting storylines with Rhea mm-hmm. Ripley at the center because one, she's the champion and two, she's pulled the strings and had everybody fighting against everybody the last couple of weeks. So I like this. I like that they're actually doing a storyline as far as Rhea has issues with these other four women. And so we're just going to put all y'all together and let you beat the hell out of each other and see who wins. From a booking standpoint, the story makes sense. It's not one of those cases where they used to be like, oh, well, we don't have anything to do with these four women to do, so let's just throw them all in a match at one time. And that way we get it over <laughs> with and move on to something else. And oh. then you got Ro- then you got Roman and L.A. Knight, which is going to be an excellent match. Oh, uh, Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul for the U.S. Championship. I really hope to God they don't have Logan Paul win the title. Honestly, I mean, I'm I I, I respect I, Logan Paul as a wrestler because he's actually put into work. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I hope Logan Paul wins. I can't believe you're saying this either. Because here, here's <laughs> so. here's my reasoning. I hope Logan Paul wins because one, I do respect his respect for the business. I yes. respect how much work he does to be ready for every match that he's been in. I mean, this is what his, this will be his sixth. Sixth or seventh. Match. I'll have to, yeah. if you include the Royal rumble, I've, um, yeah. Including the rumble, probably about seven, seven yeah. pro wrestling matches, but he is always the, one of the highlights of every show that he's on and, and and not because he's a celebrity that just like me, me, me hogs the spotlight. No, he goes in and puts it in the work. Mm-hmm. And as far as taking it off Ray, nothing against Ray, but Ray's really done nothing with the U S title since he won it. They had, you know, they had the potential to have a good feud between him and Santos Escobar over the U S title. They didn't pull the trigger on that. So, and 
Ray's getting to where he's at the tail end of his career too. Ray's almost 50. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's Usually, in the Hall of Fame. You go in the Hall of he, Fame. Okay, you're done. Yeah. So give it to Logan Paul. And then Logan Paul can have excellent matches with, say, Ricochet, you know, because he's had issues with Ricochet. Um, I think it just kind of freshens up the U.S. title. And I'm not normally one for celebrities winning championships, but I will make an exception with Logan Paul because he has put in the work. And he does have, you can tell the respect that he has for the, the business. And he plays a good heel. You know, people people don't like Logan Paul anyway because of how he built his fortune, which he didn't do anything illegal. He just built it off of, you know, YouTube. Being an idiot. So he just plays into that. And it's like, you're going to boo me anyway. So boo me while I go out here and put on the show for you. I think he's a lot more likable than his brother, to be honest with you. Oh, his brother <laughs> is just intolerable. He's just, yeah. I just, just um, He's 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 one of those people that has one of those faces that it's like you just want to hit just, every time just you see it. Something about your face, I just yeah. It's like I, I don't like don't, any of this. That's, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything I can do to change? No. Yeah, it's, not unless just, you can change your face. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's me going out on a limb and saying that I think they should give Logan Paul the U.S. title. Uh, but I'm also big on. If it's a U.S. title, it should only be defended in the U.S. Just like the European title should be, only be defended in Europe. You know, it doesn't. See, I, it doesn't make I any never, sense. You know, I never had a problem with the European title being defended in the states. My problem with the European title is there wasn't enough European wrestlers to hold <laughs> exactly. the championship. You um, had the British Bulldog. You had William Regal. That was it. Well, Owen Hart he held it technically. Now, Canada is still a commonwealth of the United Kingdom. They still fall under that. So, technically, yeah, Owen no. could have, you know. No, you had two European guys. You had some Canadian guys. And then you had a bunch of guys from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Texas. Well, Texas are their own country anyway. You ask Texas, anybody from yeah. Texas, they'll tell you. Where are you yeah. from, Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Texas and North Carolina, because you you had the Hurricane was a European champion, so it was both Hardy Boys. Oh, there you go. Uh, so we had Cameron and we had Raleigh. I think Hurricane, yep. he's from around the Raleigh area. I think so, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, there's also, you know, Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest. Um, by the way, I think, you know, the rest of Judgment Day is going to be there. They're going to oh, be yeah. in the wings somewhere. Yeah. So, and I know this is kind of early, slightly for review. We'll discuss it more, you know, probably Thursday. You know, Dominic's going to be there. He's probably going to help Logan Paul win. Um, but I, I think this is also when Damian Priest, I'm thinking this is right about the time, you know, because they've been showing signs. Well, they've been showing signs for like six months of him being booted yeah. out of the bloodline or not bloodline, but um, Judgment Day. Judgment Day, yeah. Um. Yeah, but John Cena, Solo Sokoa, no, I think it'll be all right. You know, I, I mean, think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right if they have Solo win. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, Cena is there just because the Saudi government, you know, they say, "Hey, we want these particular ones," and this time they're not slicing people up and putting them in garbage bags. So, yeah. 
And Cena's Cena's even in the WWE picture at all because the the writers <laughs> the writers strike are still on strike. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, but he's there, and he's probably going to be. Oh yeah, he's making some. Yeah, he's definitely making some coin. So, you know. But I think it'll be. It, I think it should be a good show. Like you said, we'll talk more about it on Thursday. But I think. Yep. But, um, and I have a name. I have a name that there's a guy. I forget his name. I follow him on TikTok. He talks about different wrestlers and gives them nicknames. And he calls Damian Priest Puerto Rican Scott Hall. And I can't unsee it now. <laughs> I can't unsee it. Uh, of course, the ironic thing. Well, Scott Hall. He always portrayed himself like he was uh, Cuban. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he was um, Tony Montana, Scarface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, even though when you heard him talk without the accent, you're like, hey, what happened to your accent? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. One of the but, best things ever from Triple H was when oh, he yeah. did the COVID. Did you used to have an accent? Kofi's like, <laughs> oh, crap. Oh. I forgot. <laughs> but yeah. But I mean, I see it because Damien Priest has even said Scott Hall was one of his big influences. So I can see that. You know, that's why he uses the the razor's edge and different things. But I think, honestly, I think what they need to do, I know him and him and Finn are the tag champions. But if you're, if they're going to have to get get that going mm-hmm. before WrestleMania season, like I said, I've said this on a show before. They they're going to have to have him cash in soon. Because if he waits until during WrestleMania season, he's going to get lost in the shuffle because people are going to be focused on the Rumble and then they're going to be focused on the Elimination Chamber, which is going to be in Australia. And then then WrestleMania and all of that. I, I don't want I don't want to see Damian Priest's first world title reign get just swept under the rug because oh, well, we've got all this other big stuff going on. They need to just go ahead. What needs to happen is I would love for Drew to win the title because I like this Drew McIntyre. It has that it has that 97 Bret Hart vibe to where Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, absolutely. Where he's, where he's technically right about what he's saying about Jey Uso. It's like all the, the, the bloodline did all this stuff. Clash of the Castle could have been my crowning moment to win the title. And a member of the bloodline screwed me over again. And no, I'm not forgiving them. Even though you got Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes being like, oh, Jay's changed and blah, 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 blah. Drew's not having it. He's not having Seth Rollins, you know, his nonsense. And it's just, it reminds me so much of when Brett was, you know, Brett was a heel in the States, but, you know, he was a god in Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, he was cheered, cheered out of the building in Canada, booed out of the building in the United States. And Drew's kind of walking that same path. And I've always liked heel Drew McIntyre better than face. But Drew McIntyre, his look, I mean, his size, yes. first of all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, for somebody to be a face at some point, you need to feel sympathy for them. Yeah. And it's, and like, it, it's, 
him and Bobby Lashley, it's hard to feel sympathy for them because, I mean, how big and just massive yeah. they are. I mean, are. Drew McIntyre is like six foot four, six foot five, get 270. I mean, just, you know, built out of stone. It's just, yeah, I'm not worried that this guy's going to get beat up. Right. You know, this guy's not the underdog. It's and- It's just not a believable thing. Like, Guys like Rey Mysterio and Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair to an extent, smaller guys like that, you can you can see them as underdogs and you can get behind. Mick Foley made a career out of being an underdog. Mm-hmm. You can see that. But you got guys like Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, John Cena, Roman Reigns. These aren't underdogs. Their look alone does not say does not scream underdog. They don't walk into a match and you're like, oh, well, well this is a huge mismatch. No, no, it's not. And but I would love to see Drew win the world title, but to get Damian Priest to cash in, unless I was thinking he, Seth needs to beat Drew. Damian, uh, Damian Priest cashes in on Seth right afterwards because they're still playing up his back stuff. Uh, they could have Drew win and then Judgment Day jumps him. Damian Priest wins. It still gives more credence to what Drew has been saying about every time I get to where I want to be, somebody screws it up for me. And that could be the point where it pushes him all the way heel and pushes Damian Priest's face and then you get that Judgment Day split that they've been hinting at for six months now. Yeah. And, I mean, they had the new guy anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, I mean, I'll just say this, you know, real quick before um, I jump kind of back to the AEW thing. You know, with McIntyre, the one time where he was kind of the underdog was against Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was bigger than Drew. I mean – Every most of the time, everybody's an underdog against Brock Lesnar, right. unless exactly. you're yeah. unless you're the Undertaker. Unless you're the Undertaker, mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and even after that, when Drew was a face, well, he was getting jumped by multiple yeah. people. So yeah, exactly. I mean that would that would also make you an underdog if the odds, yeah. you know, yeah, the, 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 odds the, are the numbers you. game. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned Ric Flair. Did you happen to? I have not actually watched this video yet. Because it's been, like I said, a crazy couple of weeks for me. Ric Flair showed up on AEW the other night. Yes. Because, um, and a lot of people were against that. I'm actually fine with it because storyline-wise, it makes sense. Sting got his big break at the first Clash of the Champions in a 45-minute time limit draw against Ric Flair for mm-hmm. the world title. That made Sting. Without Ric Flair and that match, we wouldn't have this thing that we had. We would not have that iconic character throughout the years and multiple promotions. So as long as they just keep Flair in the peripheral and not have him turn on staying and want to try to wrestle him one last time, blah, 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 blah. Don't do that. If you want Flair to be by Sting's side, for Sting's last, you know, last ride, that's fine. Because Sting's Sting has already said his final match will be at Revolution 
in 2024. That was his revolution was his first match in AEW, and he wants he wants to have his last match at the same pay-per-view. Him and Flair also had the final match on in the history of WCW Nitro. Yep. So they're you know, they have a a history. You know, whichever company one of them's in, the other one ends up there eventually. So from that standpoint, from history-wise and storyline-wise, that makes sense. As long as Flair's not wrestling. That is my only problem, <laughs> is if as long as Ric Flair is not wrestling. And but he said he wants to wrestle. And everybody's like It's like, no, 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 you should not want to wrestle because we damn sure don't want to see you wrestle. No. You, I'm sorry. You passed, you passed out twice during your last match. Yeah. No, I don't want to see it. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's there's past your prime, and then there is just don't do it. Flair's in that stage. Just don't do it. Yeah, just just stay away. If y'all see him walking through the ring, wearing his robe, going, "Hey, hit the hit the two thousand one music." Yeah, if you if know. you see him in the back lacing the boots, take his boots. <laughs> yes, take his boots and his robe. He ain't walking to the ring without him. So, uh, uh-uh, no. Hmm. I mean, and if he says, "Well, I just wear this T-shirt," no, just 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 stop him. Yeah, you know, stop. we we've already seen T-shirt player wrestle too. No, I don't want to see that either. Just <laughs> exactly. Stop. You were the greatest all around, complete package, greatest professional wrestler of all time. Leave it at that. Your legacy is in stone. You are a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. You're in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Stop. There's I'll nothing make, for you to. There's nothing for you to prove. I will make the comparisons to Vince Neil. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it just leave it alone. Yeah, leave it alone because right now Vince Neil, there's all sorts of video footage of him singing, you know, some of the classic Motley Crue songs from like 1990, and I'm talking about you know the song "Kickstart My Heart," where mm-hmm. it actually sounds like he's start singing "Kickstart My Honk." And he said, kickstart my honk, you know, Big Mac 103, things like that. And it's like, you know, Motley Crue used to be like one of the biggest bands in the world. And now they're looked at like they're a joke. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't know when to stop. They didn't know when to stop. I mean, and I can tell you, if they say, well, you just saw Kiss in concert. I did. And Kiss put on a hell of a show. But here's the thing. Oh, man. But here's the thing, though. Kiss is not. Motley Crue has gone from. They started out in dive bars. You know, that's how they got started on the L.A. Strip in dive bars. Mm-hmm. They got signed. They got huge. Now they're back to the dive bar get, band. Kiss has always been a top-level band. Mm-hmm. Always. Their entire career, even during low points when roster changes and, you know, when Eric Carr passed away and different things, they've always been a top tier band. So them performing is different than Motley Crue still performing at this stage of their career. This is like, again, this is like Sting still performing at this stage of his career versus Ric Flair performing at this stage. of his Exactly. Career. Um, and just one more thing about the Motley Crue kiss thing, not only that, but I'm happy to kind of see, you know, Kiss still doing well. Now they said they're done. I mean, this is it for them. They are done. 
Um, uh, they, they've said that like 10 times. They have. <laughs> um, but they, the old- they, they are the Terry Funk of the rock, uh, <laughs> the rock world. Uh, well, the, the band Amber Wild was the opening band. I'm like, why does that guy sound like Paul Stanley? It turns out it's Paul Stanley's son. Oh, okay. So it's actually cool that, you know, father yeah. and son get to tour together. So that's another reason that I think cool. it, that's another reason I think it probably is their final tour. But there was a time about 25, 26 years ago, Nikki Six had some not so nice things to say about Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. And yeah, I remember those. Yeah, not, it was not not things we can say on the show. No, I mean I'll just no. I'll say they were anti-Semitic things. Very. Very. Yeah. Um and it had to do with them releasing Bruce Kulick and, and Eric Singer from the band to bring mm-hmm. back Ace Fraley and Peter Chris. Mm-hmm. Well, Nikki Six, he just said some anti-Semitic things about Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley. But then everybody's pointing out, uh, you do realize Bruce Kulick and Eric Singer both are also Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, so. The whole, yep. The whole yeah. time I was, when I heard about that, I'm like, so you're throwing out racial slurs toward two Jewish guys for firing two Jewish guys. Right. Make and, it make sense. <laughs> and by the way, and one of those Jewish guys is actually back in the band, Eric Singer. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. still back in the drummer again. Yeah. Um, and then Nikki Six, he's also, um, he was called referring to a security guard as a certain word. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna say what it was. I mean, well, if I I could say it begins with a letter because everybody knows it now by a certain mm-hmm. letter. Yeah. But he called a security guard that, and it's like. So once again, Motley Crue looking at it like a joke and Kiss are still rising up. Yeah. So honestly. Yeah. It's like you brought it on yourself. It's mm-hmm. like stop talking and just stop. Just stop. Here's my thing. With Motley Crue, they wouldn't still have to be performing at the level that they're performing now if they hadn't have blown most of their money on drugs throughout their career. Yeah. It's like just get sober and stay that way. I mean, I'm just happy Nikki Six. He's, he's past 20 I, years sober. I'm happy yeah, for him. I'm very happy I'm happy, him, I'm happy but, he's sober, but it's like, I am, you know, I was an alcoholic. The only thing I miss about drinking is all the money that I wasted drinking. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, and that's actually, there, there's the comparison to Ric Flair again. Mm-hmm. You know, how much money, well, he even admits all the money he spent nation is the way, you know, he living up to that Rick, persona. Rick Flair's greatest promo, he, he was, it was still in Jim Crockett promotions. And he said that Buddy Landale had come out and cut a promo talking about Rick Flair and wanting to shy the title and all this. And Flair comes out later and he's like, I'm having a hard time sitting back in this studio, listening to a guy hollering my name. When I spent spent more money on spilt liquor than you made this year, and that was the story of Ric Flair. He yes. literally, he legitimately spent more money on spilt liquor than most guys made in a year, and that's why he had to borrow. Um, it was a couple hundred grand from Vince McMahon, and it was actually to pay uh-huh. like back child support and oh yeah, you know, and al- alimony and things like that. But I mean, now Vince McMahon borrowed, but he had to he had to pay it yeah. back. 
yeah. you know, slowly, slowly. And of course, when Ric Flair retired, and then he came back in TNA after he went WWE because he needed money. But now it's money. like, yeah, it's like Rick, do you really seriously need the money now? Because now, I mean, he's he's part of the circuit. You know, when he does like an autograph session, mm-hmm. I don't want to know. I mean, I've heard he charges. Actually, your brother would know because he's actually got his yeah, autograph. But he told me how much it was. I can't remember how much it was, but yeah, it's. He said that. It was not, he said that's the person that he's always wanted to meet, but it wasn't nearly as cool as he had hoped it would be because it, for Flair, it was just a business transaction. Yep. He, you got up there, he shook your hand, he took the picture, you were off and the next person yep. was coming. There was no real interaction. And that, to me, that is sad because it's like, without your fans, you would not be Ric Flair. I don't care how much money a promoter gave you. I don't care the clothes or whatever. Without the fans, there's no Ric Flair. And for him to be that way is just disrespectful to the fans, in my opinion. And I can tell you, you know, from all the fan fests that I've been to, um, you know, in fact, there's another one happening in March because they're already announcing all the mm-hmm. the wrestlers that are going to be there. And, of course, most of them, I'm like, I've already met them. So I'm debating, <laughs> honestly, I'm debating on whether or not to go to it because right. I've already met like almost every single one that they're, they've advertised so far. Uh, but there has been some that, I mean, just were awesome, you know, great interactions, you know, um, you know, in fact, I mean, some really stand out. My um, the meeting Nikita Koloff, that was one that stood out for, mm-hmm. you know, some personal reasons. Uh, Bill Apter, you know, say Bill Apter, you know, got autographed his book, autographed a picture and then said, let me do a promo for your podcast. And I was like, do what? And yeah. I was like, this cost you. No, no, no extra. He said, I just want to do it. You know, he said, I'll just do it for you. And then he called us the yes. armchair podcast, but I mean, you know, <laughs> hey. like, yeah, it's but I mean, after. I was like, I was like, and I, I even texted Dwayne. I was like, Bill after just cut a promo. I say here, he, he cut a promo for the podcast. And that's one of those. Are you effing kidding me? <laughs> moments. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and obviously one of the better, best interactions we had, Larry Zabisco. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, the person that you saw or listened to on the interview, that's the person that he was when I talked to him, you know, that day and was started arranging him uh, coming on, you know, because mm-hmm. great, great guy. And I don't want to go into the ones where the it would felt more like a business transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of disappointing. And partly because, you know, we saw the, you know, these, these guys and girls, you know, when we were... Mm-hmm kids and you know growing through teenage yeah. years and um some of them it yeah it was kind of disappointment uh and like i said i don't really want to mention um the names but you know there were so many more that was uh yeah. so a lot more positive you know yeah. um well that's another of the dichotomy between staying and rick flair rick flair views it as a business transaction Sting actually interacts with the people that mm-hmm. he, yes, you have to pay to see him, which you have to do for most wrestlers, but he takes time to talk to each person. Mm-hmm. That's why the line is so long whenever Sting is somewhere, because yes. he's going to interact with every fan. It's not just a, give me your money, smile, take the picture, you're out. Right. He's going to, he's going to interact and that's how it should be, you know, as much as as much as these wrestlers have given to us as fans, we have given back to them. 
And Sting was actually at one of the fan fests. Now I didn't meet him uh, because I, I think the price it was at 200, 250, something like yeah, that. I remember you said that the line was, was ridiculous. Yes. yes. And, uh, but I mean, you could see, like you said, I mean, the line was extremely long. Um, yeah. Ric Flair cameo, $500. Wow. Yeah. No. That's for, no. you know, the little and, video. Yeah, yeah. The little video in the 30 second minute long video at the, you know, minute long at the most, probably $500. Yeah. I'm like, no, nope. not even saying it in Spanish for you. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and, as a fresh yeah. step for me, no. <laughs> yeah. And you no, know, but I mean, somebody's going to pay it. You know, oh, a um, lot of the people are going to pay it. Just like a lot of people are going to pay. A lot of people paid a thousand dollars for the when WWE had they have the legacy versions of world titles that are made for specific wrestlers, and they yes. have like a Randy Orton one and the Eddie Guerrero one and. They have a they have the Hogan one from where he was when he was in the NWO. They have a flare one. Looks like his robe and all all that stuff. That belt was a thousand dollars, and people. That's not a hard pass. I, yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. I can, t- I can tell you now the belts that I have. You see the two back there. Mm-hmm. One of which used to belong to Dwayne. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I'm very specific about the belts that I'll collect, and this is also another one. I talked about mm-hmm. this for a while. We talked about this on the last show. We showed it to uh, Big Strong Mims, and he showed us the NWA TV, t- the world television title. Television title, yep. I lost count of how many times he showed that to us. And oh, I, I, I still laugh, laugh every single time. Every time. Um, I have the <laughs> – anybody that's watched the show on YouTube knows I have – my wife bought me the um, replica of the current WWE world title. Uh, it is of this wall that I'm facing has all my collectible stuff on it, and that is the centerpiece of my my collection. That, that's one that Kofi the, held, right? Yes, that's the one that Kofi, Biggie, Bobby Lashley. It's that belt. Um, which I need to. I, one of these days, I hope to get all three of them to sign it because they are the only black men to hold that version of the WWE title. Wow. There's only been four black men that have been WWE champion. Them three in the rock. Yep. Cause Mark Henry and Booker T were the world heavyweight champion, different lineage, different belt, different belt, different. Yes. lineage. Yeah. Um, but I have that belt. The only time, the only, the only way it will ever leave my possession is if I give it to my son. Um, I also want the belt that Mims has, the NWA World Television title with the red yes, strap. Yes, yes, same here. <laughs> uh, I want the classic Intercontinental title with the white strap. I want the classic NWA World Tag Team title with the blue strap, Tolene Arn had. And I want, there was one more, um, the NWA United States Heavyweight title. Not the WCW one, the NWA one. Uh, the one that Magnum and Tully fought over. Yes. The, the silver plated with the black strap, it's silver. I want I want the silver plated with the black strap, and then I want the next one that Nikita Koloff had. 
Okay, that oh, that one's a sweet looking belt too. The, um, the one, the one that Nikita and Luger had, because when they went to WCW, they altered it. But I like the one that Luger and Nikita had. You know what? I think it may be the one when I met Nikita that it may have been the belt that um did I hold the belt or did I hold the chains? Um, I can't remember. You sent uh, me the picture, but I can't remember if you held the belt or not. Yeah, you know what? Let me, let me open and see if I can find that picture real quick, and I can tell you. But, but yes, I mean, as um, I mean, I don't I'm like you. I'm very, I'm very. I don't need a whole wall of belts. I am very, very selective exactly. of the ones that I want. Yeah, I wouldn't say we're belt collectors by any stretch. No. Mm-mm. Um. Um. I thought I had the picture. And let me go look. Oh, you know what? Let me back up. Um, and I'm pulling it up, the picture right now. If it'll ever actually come up. Come on. He's thinking about it. There it is. Aha. So, for those watching on YouTube, you'll see this. For those who are audio only, um, I'm about to show a picture of there you go is that the belt right there that my son's holding can you see it yet that's the belt that's it yep that's the one yep that's the one I want and look at the hat that Nikita's wearing yeah (laughs) that's actually my hat that's the that's the wild thing (laughs) yeah that's the one uh, didn't Leighton wear that to school one year uh, he wore it for Halloween, actually, yeah. um, two years ago. He oh, okay. wore it, well, he he came up with it last minute. When we were at, like, a Halloween spirit store, you know, the, the, the pop-up store that comes up every Halloween. Yes, yeah. He found a, a like, you know, like the big head mask that people have, you know, uh-huh. you see him on, of Putin. Uh-huh. Why he wanted that, I have no clue. But he wanted that because he said it was kind of scary. Uh huh. Um, and he was, oh, yeah, I, can you know, I that. mean, yeah. <laughs> he was, you know, thinking about wearing that, you know, and he didn't because it was too hard to wear. And it's, and probably looking back at it, it would, it would not have aged very well because it yeah. was like six months later, the whole stuff mm-hmm. in Ukraine happened. Uh huh. You know, so he, he knew about, I had this hat and I bought that hat when I was uh, stationed in England. It had been they, every six months or so they had a bazaar on one of the bases. You know, you can go mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just buy stuff. Like, usually right before Christmas was like a huge one. This one particular vendor always had this hat. Finally, the last bazaar I went to uh, before we finally left there, I bought the hat. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It's an interesting souvenir. I bought it. You know, if people can't see the hat. It actually has the. The old Soviet, like the hammer stick in the middle with gold. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's an actually authentic, you know, Russian Soviet hat. Mm-hmm. Well, my son, he wore it. He wore the hat. And then he wore my Air Force service jacket, which still had all the, <laughs> you know, all my medals and ribbons and my badges yeah. on it, you know. And my wife actually found, um, a, you know, a site that actually showed how you spell the name Barber. In the Cyrillic alphabet, and put that okay. where the name tag would be. And so that's what he was for Halloween. Oh, okay, you know, so like 
he's wearing Air Force Master Sergeant stripes with mm-hmm. this old Soviet Russian Union hat. hat. Yeah, so, yeah. but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the belt of that one. Yep, that's, that's the belt that's right the, there. That's the best U.S. title. In my opinion, that is the best looking U.S. title it of is, any. It's pretty nice looking. Of any of them. Um, I mean, I do like the one before, like the silver plated one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but this one is that one is pretty sweet. And yeah, you know what? I'm gonna have to go. Find, I'm gonna have to find that one now. You know, um, I mean, I don't get them very often because this Mid Atlantic one, I mean, just happened to be on sale. That's why I got it. Yeah, my you brother know? and sister and I used to make. We used to use cardboard boxes and stuff and make championship belts. We'd use cardboard boxes, punch holes, use bread ties to make the strap so we could wear and then use Velcro so we could wear it. And then we would, you know, we would draw, you know, whatever belt. Whenever we had a U.S. title, we would draw (laughs) that belt. That was the belt. Yep, it was that one. But now we just need, you know, the AEW belts. And, you know, now we've got to get those. um, Yeah. I don't know if they'll be in the market yet, but. Those are um, pricey. (laughs) <laughs> they're yeah. very pricey yeah any of the the current belts well the wwe shop i mean there's so many uh every time i go to mm-hmm. nwf show somebody's going to be walking in carrying a an, an wwe belt yeah. yeah oh there's one more belt that i want um it is the wcw world title not the big gold but the one that they had when flair left to go to wwe and so they had to commission a new belt it was the belt that Ron Simmons beat Vader for. I want that. Okay. Belt. Um, simply because Ron Simmons beat Vader for that belt. And Ron Simmons, he's actually been a couple of the fan fests. I haven't actually met him because the lines were always really long. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's Ron Simmons. Yeah, you're not just meeting a former world champion or a member of the Acolytes. You know, and the the APA. You're meeting a former Heisman Trophy candidate. Former Heisman Trophy candidate, four-time All-American, jersey is his jersey is retired at Florida State, and he was a Heisman Trophy candidate as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Do you know how hard yeah. that is? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. So one uh, of the one of the best wrestlers to make the transition from football to pro wrestling. Yes, because he was legit, and before he became a wrestler, I mean he was like working as, like in a like in a warehouse or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then end up becoming a wrestler and becoming really, really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, but anyway, the whole, the whole moral of the story, what we're saying is if you notice, I mean, we kind of spanned everything. We talked about WWE, we talked about AEW and we talked about ring of honor, TNA, <laughs> um, uh, new Japan, IWGP, the championship. We've talked about, can we talk? So we've talked about, a lot of different wrestling uh, areas, NWF, MLW, uh, ECW, because we are wrestling fans. We are not. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're not going, Hey, I'm just a fan of WWE. Everybody, no, because when they leave WWE, because not everybody can stay in WWE, where do they usually go? I mean, and it's not always AEW. No, it's yeah. just AEW is, it's kind of like when WCW was, you know, when WCW was still around, if somebody was tired of WWE and they wanted to release and they wanted to go somewhere new, they went to WCW because it was the next biggest show 
that it was the next biggest company that had a television show where you were still getting people were still seeing you week in and week out on television. That's why people go to AEW. It's another thing that always irritates me is when WWE fans are fine when Cody Rhodes and Jade Cargill leave AEW and go to WWE. They're like, oh, well, that was a smart move on their part, blah, 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 blah. But then you have Moxley, Jericho, um, Danielson, Edge, Christian. They all leave WWE, go to AEW, and it's like, oh, well, they're stupid. Why'd they leave WWE? Uh, probably because they're getting better opportunities over here than they were getting over here. And that's mm-hmm. what it's about for these men and women is the opportunities that they're getting that WWE wasn't giving them. Like Edge wanted to work full time. It was w- WWE were the ones that made him work less than part time. He wanted to work a full time schedule. Tony Khan said, as long as the doctors say that you're able to do it, you're more than welcome to work a full time schedule if you want. Because he wants to work a full-time schedule because he's like, because this is it. This is the last, you know, my last run. I want to make the most of it. Yep. Like I said, I mean, case okay, so people keep, yeah, keep posting the pictures of the empty stadiums, you know, all you want to. AEW will make, they will come back. They will come back. And yeah. here's the thing. They're not the only company that's having empty, the empty arenas. I went to SummerSlam last year. That is a that's that stadium in Nashville, Tennessee sits sixty seven thousand people. There was about half of that in that stadium, where the hard cam is where me and my wife were sitting. The other half of the stadium was tarped. So while you have all this tribalism and want to talk about how AEW is doing poorly, WWE at one of their big four pay-per-views, half the half a stadium was tarped off because they couldn't sell it out. They haven't sold out Madison Square Garden in in a decade, probably. And that used to be an automatic. Oh, that was guaranteed. That yeah. was a sellout before they even knew who was on the card. Before a single match was announced, WWE was coming to the garden. Tickets went out the door, flew out the door. Now they can't sell out Madison Square Garden. So WWE, yeah, their television shows doing good in the ratings and all that, but their live attendance is not as great as people think. They're not having sellouts every night either. And where they really any anymore, and it's not just wrestling, but it's also um, like musicians and I will say podcasters. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they make their money most off merch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I can tell you, I mean, yes, I paid. I paid a little bit for this, mm-hmm. you know, probably too much. I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's maybe Molly's, you, uh, yeah. you know, okay, tomorrow night we're not eating ground beef, we're eating ground meat. Yeah. You know, we're, we have to make sacrifices. We're eating sausage. <laughs> I need this shirt. I need this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, you don't need, you don't need a cheeseburger, get a hamburger. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. Now. You know, we got, I mean, we ought to make sacrifices. I mean, yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't even want to tell you how much I paid for the two t-shirts at the Kiss concert. Oh wow, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. I paid, I paid the. Let me think. I think either thirty or thirty-five for my uh, Austin shirt, my Nashville three sixteen shirt I got at SummerSlam. Um, this was forty. 
Yeah. The Kiss, the Kiss shirts were more. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about my Austin shirt is that's the only place you get that shirt. You can't go on mm-hmm. WWE shop and buy that shirt. You can't do you it. Eventually, have to be I'm at go- the live event to get the shirt. Exactly. Eventually, I'm going to just, I'll, you know, I'm going to wear it a little while longer, and then I'm going to put it in a frame. And, and I'm not trying to show, you know, but if you look, AEW Dynamite, same thing. You have yeah. to be at the show. You to have buy to be at the show to get it. Yep. And I think on the back, I think it actually says I was there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you have to tell me. Can you read it? Yep. Yep. That's yeah. what it says. it says. I was there, and then it has the AEW logo. Yep. And so, and so people can talk about the dwindling artists as they want to, but if you're a wrestling fan, you don't don't poke fun at the company. You need to actually be a little concerned because if one company goes down, that affects all the other companies. Yeah, it's like an ecosystem. One mm-hmm. one AEW is a big company, whether people want to admit it or not. One big company goes down, that affects the entire ecosystem of pro wrestling. Look at just if you don't believe me, look at what happened when WCW went out of business. Yep. And that was uh it was twenty two years ago, but I mean, but mm-hmm. it's still I mean, you saw what happened, all of a sudden they got complacent. I mean, honestly, just in the past, I'd say four or five years is pro wrestling coming out of that dark spot of where pro wrestling was just not very good because you didn't have a lot of options. Now you have so many options that pro wrestling's hot again. I mean, so many options. There's almost too many options. Our friend BC Hunter. He actually yes. spoke about that on his podcast, Wrestling with the Truth. By the way, check it out. Uh, and also, you know, we were talking earlier because this this weekend at the NWF show, I actually saw the tag team, the Strays, former NWF tag team champions. They split up when Dakota Wolf, you know, cracked now former tag team partner, um, David Tyler, upside the head with a chain. Mm-hmm. And I'd actually sent a, a text to Ted the Hillbilly Hill of the Hill Truth podcast a few weeks ago, actually. Um, kind of getting his take on which is better, you know, if a face turns heel against uh, another face, their partner, or if a heel turns on his partner and one of them becomes a face. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through my text message to get his reply, but I mean, but yet, um, you know, Ted's another one. He'll tell you he's a wrestling fan. Now he may, he may, even if you prefer one over the other, which most people do, you know, if you said, okay, they both mm-hmm. came out at the same time. I'll DVR this one and I'll watch this one live, but I'm still going to watch. I used you know, to do it. Not watch the other. Right. And, you know, so, uh, but Ted can tell you the same thing. He's a wrestling fan. Um, yep. You know, our, our buddies over at Finisher Wrestling, same thing. You know, now yep. they, they do have certain ones that they also prefer, just like all of us. However, they're not going to say, I wish this other company was shut down. No, because it's bad for mm-hmm. the wrestling industry as a whole. And yep. like you said, I mean, it, it's a symbiotic relationship. You know, so what it, what happens to one is going to affect everybody. Exactly. You know, so at the end of the day, be a wrestling fan. You know, just like Brady Owens from the Wrestling Society Network. You know, good guy, by the way. Um, and he... And he, he posted pretty good wisdom about things on, mm-hmm. on his Facebook page. And, you know, I like the way he, you know, was putting that and the way you responded to him. We are wrestling fans. Yeah. You know, don't, 
if you if you just bash one company and that's all you do while you say, well, I like this company, everybody else is just absolute garbage, then you're not a wrestling fan because the styles are different from company to company to company. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's what makes wrestling great. It's not the same cookie-cutter thing with every single company. Exactly. You know, so... But on that note, we are said Thursday, more than likely, we're going to be doing a, a preview of mm-hmm. uh, Crown Jewel. Yep. Uh, that, that, you know, unless something wild happens, like all of a sudden, we if we have an interview drop on our lap, well, right. we're right. sad to see. I mean, we always have our eyes and our ears open for that. So um, hopefully if anybody wants us to interview them, you know, of course, you know, hit me up, hit Dwayne up. Uh, email armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You hit us up on the socials on Facebook, on Twitter. It's at Booking Armchair. Uh, you can try Instagram or, or TikTok. I mean, I, they're there. <laughs> don't really do a lot with them, but they are there. Um, you know, but hit us up. I mean, you know, we're always glad to listen. If you want to sponsor the show, definitely let us know. We, we, we did have a sponsor for the Larry Zabesco interview, mm-hmm. and I hope to collab with him. Um, again, you know, in the future, because you know he offered a pretty good discount in his store, yep. but there may be more more to come with that. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, but yes, be a wrestling fan. Check out the wrestling podcasts, you know, because we love supporting each other. And check out the all the different companies. Watch the wrestling for the wrestling. Don't watch the wrestling for the crowd or lack of a crowd. If you're doing that, I mean. Yeah. Don't watch the wrestling for the three letters, for the company's right. three letters. Watch it for the performers and the effort that they're putting in. Just support professional wrestling. Yes. I mean, watch the NWA. The NWA on their shows that they've shown on like YouTube, mm-hmm. well, there's not really a crowd there because they're in a studio. They're still putting on a quality product. Exactly. And and by the way, they're growing. You can tell that. Mm-hmm. OVW, thanks to the the rest, wrestlers um, mm-hmm. documentary OVW has been selling out ever since. Yep. And, you know, putting on great shows, great wrestling. They don't sit there and go, look at the crowd. There's nobody there. <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. focused on that, you're not focused on the end product anyway. So I don't really have time for you. Exactly. You know, so, but until we can t- talk again Thursday, remember preview crown jewel. That's our plan for right now. Uh, but if you know me and Dwaylon, you know we plan something, and something else would just come and jump right in our way. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just the way uh, it happens for me and Dwaylon. I mean, <laughs> we, we can't <laughs> help it. I mean, we these are called unforeseens. So, yeah. but until we can talk again, my friend, just gonna say good night. God bless. God bless.